Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. I only have one question. Do you think I deserve your full attention? That's what I like to hear. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to Script to Screen. I'm your host, Gideon, and today we're going to be recording a bonus podcast talking about Parasite, Jojo Rabbit, and Terminator Dark Fate, a few movies that I saw over the weekend that we're going to talk about because we're not going to have time to talk about them on the main radio show. So let's start off with Parasite. Parasite is a movie that has been getting fantastic reviews, looking at hopefully... uh, getting some Oscar nominations uh, early in the Oscar season, but 99% from Rotten Tomatoes, 95% from Metacritic. Some serious buzz for this movie. Uh, I had to go down to Madison to watch this movie. Not really playing super wide. I think it was released in about 400 theaters this weekend, expanding from, I think, 33 last weekend, uh, making a little bit of money. Not when it was first released, it was making like $50,000 per theater. Now it's down to about 1000 But that's what's going to happen when you're releasing a lesser-known film, more artsy kind of film, into more theaters that less people are going to know about when you're not in bigger cities, obviously. Uh, so Parasite is a movie that you don't really want to know much about going into it. Um, and that's what a lot of critics have been saying, honestly. Uh, they've basically been saying not much about the movie itself, but saying, this is fantastic, Go see it and don't know anything about it whatsoever. Uh, If you're going to give a slight synopsis of the movie, uh, IMDb says, All unemployed, Kai takes... I don't really know how to pronounce it. So it's it's a Korean film directed by a Korean film director, Bong Joon-ho. So the names are going to be really hard to pronounce just because I am unaware, uh, unfortunately. Uh, But all unemployed, uh, this man's family takes peculiar interest in the wealthy and glamorous parks for their livelihood until they get entangled in an unexpected incident. So Parasite, I think the best way that I would describe this movie without kind of getting into the plot of it, because the plot is really the most interesting thing about this. Uh, it, it takes what can best be described as unexpected turns, but unexpected turns and not necessarily the way that you normally see it because it's both unexpected and yet expected and then the things that you would expect and both not expect all at the exact same time. It's kind of what makes it brilliant. But uh, I would describe Parasite as almost Hitchcockian in a way. A lot of the the way that it progresses and the different literal elements of the film and, and the way that Bong Joon-ho has a grasp on what the film is and what those those literal elements mean metaphorically and how they kind of come in and out of the plot throughout the film and the way he lets you know information exactly when you need to know that information in the story is is just masterful. And, and I'm a huge Hitchcock fan to begin with. So when you've got Parasite directed by Bong Joon-ho and he kind of brings this real Hitchcockian feel to it, I'm, I'm pretty much going to be on board from, from second one. But I think I actually watching this movie compare this is going to be talking about joker there's this running gag that we have on the show that we end up talking about joker inevitably ever since it came out every single show but i think that parasite does and says 
a lot of the things that Joker thinks it's doing and saying. Uh, because Joker is this movie that I, I, I didn't really enjoy all too much, but it thinks that it's saying a whole lot of stuff about class and society and mental illness and opportunity and displacement in in the economic world. And the when it comes down to it, I just didn't feel like it had the the story proficiency to support all of its lofty ideas. Whereas Parasite has all of that from second one. It's efficient. It knows what it's saying and it says it well. It's funny, moving, intelligent, prescient. It's everything that you've heard it is from if you've heard anything about it. Um, if, you're, if you haven't heard about it, I'm telling you now, this is a fantastic movie. If you have the opportunity to see it, you should see it. It's one of the best movies of the entire year. Um, I think that Parasite also deals in a lot of the same subject matter as Us. Uh, by directed by Jordan Peele, which came out earlier this year. I mean, Us kind of deals in a lot of th similar things that Joker does in terms of class and economics and that sort of thing. Uh, but Us, I think, delves into it in a very metaphorical way. The problem with Us is that it doesn't really work on a literal level. It just introduces these plot elements that are kind of off, not necessarily off the wall, but just don't really work. They don't really make much sense when you start to think about it, which is fine when you're thinking about it on a metaphorical level. Uh, and I, I really liked Us a lot because it, it functions fantastically on a metaphorical level, but it does fall apart when it comes to the way it literally works both in the plot and just from, not necessarily from the character standpoint, but just from a physical, would this be able to happen standpoint. Whereas with Parasite, Parasite is brilliant on both those levels. The, the literal elements of the plot work and are what need to be there as evocative of the story. But then again, they also have these really interesting metaphorical things that are, that are going on with the, these physical elements that are introduced in the plot. And I don't really want to get into those specifics just because of spoilers, but there's a rock in this movie that means so much and you get a lot from it but at the same time that rock is used by the characters in actual physical ways in addition to having this symbolic nature to it which i love so much that's just exactly what i love to see out of a movie but i think parasite also there's a line from a character in the movie i don't think it's very spoilery uh character says it's all so metaphorical and i think that's, I don't know, it's just a really kind of kind of metal line to it. But at the same time, is really evocative of the movie itself. But the movie is very metaphorical, but it's not so wrapped up in its metaphor that it loses sight of the way that the story needs to progress in a logical way, which it does for the most part. Not, I mean, I think it, I think it probably does more so than us for sure. Um, I think... Parasite is a movie that will grow on me as time goes by. I mean, I saw it maybe three days ago now, and it's already moved up on my favorite movies list. It's that number two for the year for me so far. Obviously, we have two more months left to go for the end of the year and many more awards movies that I have yet to see. However... I really do think this one is going to stand the test of time and I really do want to rewatch it also. And I think that 
on rewatch, a lot of those nuances that you kind of get a sense for the first time around, but you don't really know how to explain as you rewatch it. This feels like one that I'll be able to both explain and then get more out of those metaphorical things in addition. So Parasite gets a 9 out of 10 from me right now. I think this is out of the three that I'm going to be talking about today. This is the one that you should seek out the most. Uh, but let's move on to Jojo Rabbit. So Jojo Rabbit is also a movie that's in limited release right now. It made about as much as Parasite over the weekend. I think about $2 million is what it was. Uh, we'll see about that. But it's directed by Taika Waititi, who did uh, Thor Ragnarok and also acted in Thor Ragnarok. He was uh, Korg, and Korg was also in Avengers Endgame. Uh, but Taika Waititi is a, is a person who... I just really, I think he under, not me specifically, but like everything he makes kind of like gets at my funny bone. I, I kind of laugh at every single thing that he does. I really understand his sense of humor or at least everything. I, I laugh straight through all of his movies that I've seen so far. I think Thor Ragnarok is one example, but I think a better example is uh, The Hunt for the Wilder People, which is one of the funniest movies that I've ever seen. I think we, I think I talked about that on this last Saturday on our Zombieland Two podcast uh, show, actually. So, but Taika Waititi is just a man who is very, very funny. Uh, but Jojo Rabbit is a a movie about a young boy in Hitler's army who finds out that his mother is hiding a Jewish girl in their home. But also, this same young boy has an marriage has an imaginary friend who is Hitler played by Taika Waititi. So it's kind of out there. It's it's pretty crazy, but it's also really funny. It's a great satire. I think that satires are, are things that we don't really see a ton of in movies. At least it's, it seems that way. I mean, this is a movie that kind of labels itself as satirical and kind of may, let shoves it in your face. Like we, we're satirizing things. Whereas I think there's other satires that are actually satires. They just don't identify themselves as that so we might not so we might we might not necessarily like recognize that they are that way so maybe it's a false assessment assessment but i do feel like satirical films are something that i really enjoy and when i see them uh i always think i like this why is there not more of this um but jojo rabbit on the whole is by no means a perfect film it's dealing in very complicated subject matter that's not necessarily the easiest to be dealing in uh but i think it for the most part accomplishes it its goals and and doesn't get too much into the murkiness of what it has to deal with um but it does fill that gap that i felt was there in satirical films it kind of the biggest problem with this movie is that it, it sort of drags towards the middle and towards the end and while like Obviously, there's jokes that are happening in there that I mean, I was laughing throughout this entire this entire movie, but I feel like the jokes are sort of front loaded because it, this movie also because it is a satire and because it is trying to deal in serious topics. It does have a story that that gets into because it takes place during World War Two when Hitler existed. Uh, so very dark subject matter that it has to deal with. And its story doesn't ignore any of that of that stuff. But I just think that 
because it is dealing in that its strong point is the comedy. And so when it tries to go for the drama aspects of it and focuses on that, especially towards the second half and towards the the third act, it doesn't hold my attention as well as it did before because there's jokes sprinkled in there towards the end, but the jokes are no longer focused and the jokes are what I loved about it to begin with at the start. And I towards the start of this movie, I was like, this is one of my favorites of the year. And then it kind of like loses that edge to it. Like it's still dealing in this, in this very serious topic matter, but because it loses the jokes, it loses its edge. It loses its bite that it had before then, which I was kind of surprised by because you'd think that if it focuses on the drama aspects of it, if it focuses on the more serious things, it would be able to maintain more of a bite and more of an edge. Uh, and the satire would be more strong from there, but it really isn't. I think the satire really only works. It's only able able to satirize and comment on these things when it has the the more funny and comedic aspects of it. So I think I did see this immediately after Parasite. So I think possibly... Because the story didn't quite work and kind of felt far from fully captivating, I think like Parasite, I think when you watch movies right at one after right in another, the one that you watch first can have a huge impact on the one you watch after. And Parasite is like the exact opposite. Parasite has some of the most fascinating story movements of the entire year. It has this really captivating, fully involving, there's no breaks, there's no, there's nothing that distracts or detracts from what story and what emotions and that the movie is trying to communicate here there's a lot of stuff that does detract from the emotions of the of the thing and i i don't know if that's the movie's fault or it's because i'm comparing it subconsciously in my head to something that was next to flawless that i had seen not an hour earlier uh which is fine i mean i don't know if i want to hold that against the movie or not but the fact is that my experience suffered a little bit towards that second half of the movie um there is a couple interesting things going on here symbolically and i and i love uh symbols in a movie as i talked about with parasite i love the symbolic nature of storytelling and the symbols that stories include especially when like it's actually using the symbols to say something and if a movie can say something that's one of my biggest sort of criteria for an enjoyable movie and this movie Taika Waititi does include some interesting symbolic and metaphorical things with animals as the title might suggest like Jojo Rabbit there's there's rabbits there's butterflies in this movie that means something I think there's tigers in this movie that means something metaphorically and all three of those things I think that those are the three main animals that are that are mentioned and come up throughout the movie but those things do have some interesting metaphorical connotations but these really only mention these don't really only work as symbols and like these are in the movie but don't really aren't really a part of the plot like i was talking about parasite earlier and this rock that parasite includes that is both a thing that's in the movie that means something symbolically apart from the plot but it also plays a key role in the plot Whereas the butterfly, the rabbit, maybe the rabbit does more than the butterfly and the tiger, but the butterfly and the tiger especially are just kind of there. They're inserted into the story and you know that they're meant for a greater metaphorical purpose, but they never really actually do anything inside the plot 
and the story movements themselves, which is fine. That's what that's a that's a perfectly acceptable symbol, but it just doesn't really function on the same level that something like the rock from Parasite can. Um, but not all symbols are going to be that way. I mean, you can't expect the world out of every single movie. And the fact that they went towards attempting to include symbols at all is, I think, commendable. Uh, just because I appreciate that to begin with. Um, but overall, this is definitely on the top half of the year for me. I think uh, maybe I think I just, I've just got, had the feeling that this has been somewhat lackluster year as a whole. And again, go back to the thing that I said earlier about comparing things that happened back to back. I thought last year, 2018, was a fantastic year for movies overall. I had, I think, no movie in my top 10 that was below, my top 20 that was below a 7 out of 10. And here I'm struggling to find 7 out of 10s to, to round out my top 10. I think this is probably my lowest 7 of the year. But this is in, in the top 10, I think. Uh, probably, hopefully, will fall out by the time, fall out of the top ten by the time the year is done. But I think this is about a seven out of ten for me, uh, which is like I really enjoyed this movie. Um, it was it's a good time at the theater. I I, I want to see this again because I just like laughing at the theater. It's a good experience. Uh, good experience at the movie theater. But as a comedy, it works for the most part. But again, it introduces these dramatic elements that it kind of is able to handle but not in the way that something like it's uh what's the there's this movie that took takes place during world war ii that it's a foreign movie that's really fantastic but it has this first half that is almost entirely set like feels completely different from its second half but it manages to to reconcile those two tones and that's kind of the purpose of the movie like it's called life is beautiful life is beautiful takes place during the Holocaust, it has these two halves. One is very happy and the other is not so much. It has, and it tries to, and it uses that structural anomaly to comment on what the Holocaust might have actually felt like. Uh, and it's it's a very powerful, it's a, it's a great way of using structure to communicate emotion and theme. Uh, but Jojo Rabbit kind of deals in the same way in that it's trying to, to reconcile these two clashing tones, which are happiness and destruction and not happiness. But it, again, those two things are intertwined throughout. Whereas in it's life is beautiful. Those two things are in mostly, I mean, obviously they're intertwined throughout the whole movie, but one half is primarily happy and one half is primarily uh, sorrowful. But with Jojo rabbit, they are together throughout and it just doesn't quite get to the, tone that it wants to because tone is a difficult thing in movies tone is something that you need to is a primary thing that most people are going to notice above something like theme or purpose and tone is a much more thing that's going to stand out and i think jojo rabbit doesn't quite accomplish the tone that it needs to to be a fully successful movie but again there are so many other positives that it's that it's definitely worth seeing um so Jojo Rabbit, 7 out of 10. Seek it out once it comes into wide release. Or if it is uh, playing near you, it's not, not playing in Oshkosh, uh, seek it out for sure. I would seek out Parasite first, though, because I think Parasite 
Parasite is also very funny. Parasite has a lot of jokes. It's probably not as funny as Jojo Rabbit because Jojo Rabbit is straight up comedy. But Parasite has a lot of comedic elements throughout in it throughout, which again is something that Hitchcock was also very good at doing, which is uh, reconciling these, these two tones of not really overall tone, but intro introducing these comedic elements to an otherwise very tense uh, and, and taut storyline. But Jojo Rabbit, 7 out of 10. Let's move on to Terminator Dark Fate. So I saw Terminator Dark Fate the day after I saw Jojo Rabbit and Parasite. So I had driven down to Madison to see Jojo Rabbit and Parasite, and then I drove back up to Oshkosh, and I saw Terminator Dark Fate uh, in Oshkosh, which is where we run the show. Uh, and Terminator Dark Fate is a movie that I saw trailers for, so I don't normally watch trailers because I don't like to see frames outside of the context of the story. But I did watch the trailers for Terminator Dark Fate because it's one that I was kind of on the fence about, uh, which is I in the case that I will watch trailers. is like if I want to see a movie, but I'm not quite sure. But then it got decent reviews. It's sitting at 69% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. It stars Arnold Schwarzenegger and Linda Hamilton and Mackenzie Davis. Uh... But I saw this movie, and I did not have a good time whatsoever. I thought it was the worst Terminator movie that I've seen, and I saw Terminator Genesis, and I don't really remember much about Terminator Genesis, but I do remember liking it more than I liked this movie. Uh, Terminator Genesis is at the very least forgettable. This movie I had an actively bad time watching. I, I There doesn't seem to be much of anything interesting going on here. Uh, so I watched the trailer for this and any of the interesting action moments happen in the trailer. And when I saw them in the trailer, I'm like, that looks stupid. There's a couple interesting things with the Terminator, the new Terminator that's introduced here. Uh, I, he's a like half melty thing and half not melty material. It's, and those two things. So he's basically two bodies that come together. And so that's interesting because it's different from the previous Terminators, but just, this is a movie that makes absolutely zero sense. It's supposed to be a continuation of Terminator Judgment Day, I think, forgetting the other sequels that happened after that. Kind of like a reset-ish kind of thing. But the timeline stuff makes less sense than it ever has in a Terminator movie to me because it's trying to include two timelines, two or three timelines with time travel in all three, or you know, in I think there's two. It's trying to include time travel in both of those different timelines. And both things are sending people back and sending people forward and moving forward in time. And But then they're also all part of the same timeline continuum. It's just, it, none of it makes sense. Terminator 2 and Terminator 1 both don't really make sense either. They're both paradoxical, but the story itself makes sense. Here, The there's integral story elements that... According to me, like when I was watching this movie, I was like, why is this even happening? Terminator Judgment Day, what happened there, as far as I know, it directly contradicts a lot of the stuff that happens in this movie. But apart from the nonsensical nature of everything that happens, it's just a very bland and uninteresting movie. It tries to do this thing about resetting the franchise by saying like uh, things are different this time because the before it's women that are it's women that are giving birth to men who are going to be the rulers 
but this time we're not going to give birth to men to be the rulers like uh, John Connor, but it's going to be the women themselves that are in charge and going to kill the Terminators and be the resistance, which is fine and a fine idea. It's just it's not very executed very well. It just doesn't seem like it holds that much difference structurally from the originals because it acts, it uses this this thematic change uh, to sort of be a inversion of what's happened in the previous Terminator movies. But I feel like to make that truly effective, you would have had to change the actual structure of this movie to reflect that that change of being women giving birth to men that are in charge to being the women themselves that are in charge. I think that you would have to change a lot of the structure of a Terminator movie and just kind of go in a different direction entirely to make that, to really sell that idea as far as being thematically coherent. But it still retains basically the exact same structure that the Terminator movies before it had. The Terminator comes, it tries to kill them, they got to get away, and the Terminator keeps coming back and back and back, and then eventually it's impossible to kill it, so they try to kill it, and then it doesn't die, and then they kill it again. Like, it's just, it's the exact same movie as before, just with this small wrinkle, and then the entire tone and the entire thing on top of it is just absolutely lifeless. It's just, n- nothing about this movie was enjoyable to me. Uh, I'm really, I'm honestly a bit confused as to where the positive reviews for this are coming from, because... I tend to agree with critics usually. I mean, 247 reviews, 69%. So it's not it's not getting rave reviews or anything. But I just didn't really have much to latch on to at all as far as enjoying this movie. Like, the effects weren't that, that special. Like, they're not anything better than anything we saw in Terminator 2 Judgment Day, which came out 20 years, 20, 30 years ago. Almost, almost 30 years ago now. Uh, but... Yeah, nothing about this movie I really enjoyed. There's this, the main character, the main girl in this is supposed to be Linda Hamilton from the original Terminator, but different. I don't know how she's supposed to be different, but she does this thing where she touches other characters and says, I'm sorry. And she does it like 40 times in the movie and it's super annoying. She does it throughout the entire movie and it got on my nerves by the end. Uh, that doesn't really matter, but Terminator, Dark Fate, on the whole, avoid this, do not go to the theater to see this, it's not worth it, there are plenty of other good movies in theaters right now that you can see, I would give this a 2 out of 10 probably. Thanks for listening to this bonus episode of Script to Screen. If you want to listen to the live show, you can listen at 90.3 WRST from 7 to 8 on Saturdays. This week, we're going to be talking about The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe from 2005 and The Golden Compass from 2007. Tune in and we'll see you then.